Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. It is a pure coincidence that we get these readings today in the midst of a series that we are calling Fully Love. The simple premise behind this series is that our deepest happiness, our spiritual joy, is discovered as we become like God, as we grow in holiness, which of course is all about love. The basic promise of the Christian gospel is that the more that love happens in us and the more that love happens through us, the greater our life will be. And I don't know if there are too many people in the world that would disagree with that, whether they're religious or not. I think most of us, we all see love as a fundamental good, as the source of true joy. What we might disagree on, though, is what love actually looks like and where we find love. And that's been the theme that we've been exploring over these past four or five weeks. You may have noticed that we haven't been focusing so much on the virtues of love, have we? We haven't been talking about kindness or patience or gentleness or generosity. We haven't been talking about that stuff. We've, We've been taking a different angle And we've been talking about growing in love by pursuing God's unique purpose for our lives. I don't think I could have asked for a better gospel than the one we got today. A scribe comes up to Jesus and he says, Master, what is the most important of all the commandments? This was a bit of a hot topic at the time, right, amongst all the religious leaders. And so Jesus selects a few from the Old Testament He says, basically, the most important thing you can do with your life, your deepest purpose, is to love God and love others. But then, of course, Jesus gives some important qualifications, doesn't he? He says, you must love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. What does that mean? Well, basically, it means... If we want to love God, it means putting God at the very centre of our universe. It means taking God from being this part of our life (laughs) that we sort of grab at times (laughs) to being the centrepiece of our life. It means giving God the permission to shape all the other areas and aspects and dimensions of our life. It means believing that God knows you personally. And God has a plan for you. And then dedicating everything that you have to put God's plan for you as the priority of your life. That's what it means to love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Jesus also says you must love your neighbour as yourself. One thing that means is to recognise that the gifts and the opportunities and the resources that God has entrusted to you are not just for you. Yes, they are for you, but equally, Jesus says, equally, they're for others. To love 
our neighbour as ourself means that we change the question from what do I want to do with my life to what does God want me to do with my life? What's God's will for me? How can I best be of service to others with everything that God has given to me? Now, if you've been with us over this past few weeks, I hope this is all sounding very familiar because this is what it looks like to live out our personal vocation. It's all about using what God has given us already, our gifts, our opportunities, our talents, our passions, in order to love and to serve God and to love and to serve others. So here's the really important thing that we need to remember, that we cannot make ourselves love. We can't, we can't uh, grow in love just by our own efforts. Only God can do that. Only God can make us more loving. The key for us is to stay close to God by doing the best that we can to follow wherever he's leading us. See, the closer we are to God, the more we're exposed to the love that purifies us and transforms us and makes us holy that makes us more like God. I've mentioned over the past few weeks as we've reflected on this whole idea of personal vocation that sometimes what God calls us to takes time to work out. It doesn't just come to us automatically sometimes. Just like remember St Francis of Assisi last week. Sometimes it takes time. It might be directly linked to what you do for work but it might have nothing to do with what you do for work. You don't necessarily need a career change to live out God's plan for your life. It can express itself through many different aspects of your life. And it can also shift and change over time. Remember, I I, I spoke about Sister Magella's journey last week, that our, our vocation can take different expressions over time. And sometimes in your life, you might have multiple vocations. You might say, I feel called, really called by God to be a mum. But I also see that God's given me this gift and this heart to contribute in this other way. You might have multiple (laughs) plans, multiple vocations going on at once. Last week I also mentioned that following God's plan is not always the most popular thing to do. It's not always going to look like success in the eyes of the world. It might not always be what other people expect of you. But here's the key point. Because it comes from God, it is always what is best for you. Whatever God calls you to will always enable you to flourish to your fullest potential. Today I want to add one more point, and that is that your personal vocation, God's plan for your life, will not always be what you expected for yourself. It will not always be what you've dreamed of. Now, after school, I, I started dreaming about being an entrepreneur and uh, I started to, you know, put together all my plans for life. I, I, I started to imagine the houses I wanted to buy, uh, the nice waterfronts, you know, in Sydney, and, um, and, and the places I wanted to go and, and all the things I wanted to do. I, I started to, you know, really put the plan together, but a few problems started to emerge. The first problem was that from time to time, I started to get these annoying thoughts about becoming a priest. Uh, 
they were annoying at that point. And, and, and I started to imagine the joy of helping to bring faith alive for people. That was my first problem. The other problem was that from time to time, I started to experience this deep desire to want to help bring new energy and new expression to our church. And I, and I started to see how this might happen. These, of course, were just little signs, weren't they, of my vocation starting to emerge in my life. But the problem was that I already had a plan. <laughs> I wasn't interested in another plan, and so I did my best to, to kind of squash those thoughts and desires down, to pretend they weren't there. And it wasn't until six or seven years later that eventually I started to pay attention to those that little kind of prompting on my heart, I eventually spoke to someone about it. What I learned in that, in that whole experience is that God can be very patient with us, <laughs> very persistent in his call in our hearts. The key point I want to make, though, is that even though priesthood was a long way from what I was expecting, a long way from what I'd been dreaming of, saying yes to that invitation from God has impacted and enriched and expanded my life in ways that I could not even possibly begin to explain. What I've realised is that pursuing God's plan for our life supercharges our relationship with him. It leads us to experience the abundance of God. It helps us to find a treasure that we didn't even know existed until you've actually got it. In God's will, we find a whole new quality of freedom and joy and sense of rightness to our lives, even in the midst of all the challenges. You know, the other big thing I've noticed, the more I've embraced God's will for my life, the more I've been able to let go of comparing myself to others the more I've been able to let go of jealousy and envy, which has certainly been a theme in my life. You see, finding God's unique plan for me has helped me let go of trying to be anyone else. It's actually brought me to a place where now I can celebrate the gifts of others. I can celebrate their achievements. I can cheer people on. I actually want people to flourish. This is such a deep and beautiful freedom when we can stop trying to be like anyone else because we know what God's calling us to. Parents of children, I want to encourage you to remember that God has given each of your children good and unique, a good and unique purpose. God has given them each gifts and opportunities to enrich the world. And I want to suggest a very important part of your role is to help them to recognise these gifts and open up to that purpose. I hope that as we've been exploring this idea of personal vocation, it's helped you to recognise that despite your love for your children and, and your very best intentions, that you, only God knows what is best for your child. So... Yes, it is so important that you talk to your children about their, their, their journey and their path in life. It's so important that you help them to identify their passion and their gifting and what brings them alive. 
It's so important that you, from time to time, you might make some suggestions. You might think, hey, I can really see you doing this. I, I could see how that's a good fit for you. But don't even forget to ask them the most important question. And that is, what do you feel God has created you for? How do you feel God is inviting you to contribute with your life, to serve and to love others? And then give them room and trust them as they start to explore their vocation. I want to bring this three-week reflection on our on vocation to a close with this question. That is, how do we work out what it is that God is calling us to? How do we discern it? There's so much we could say here, and we've already put some tips in the bulletin over the past few weeks in case you haven't seen them. I'd love to say something about the principles of discernment. I'd love to say something about the importance of getting some solitude with God so we can really hear God's voice. I'd love to, to say something about taking time to reflect on your dreams, how God's been speaking to you over the years. I'd love to say something about the importance of wise counsel, having someone wise that you can talk to and reflect on your life with. But we only have room to talk about one way today. So I'm going to mention the most important thing that we can do if we want to stay open to God's will for our lives. Remember a few weeks ago I, talk about the, I spoke about the three layers of our vocation. The third layer is our state of life, whether you're single or married or priest or religious. And that state of life helps us to live out our personal vocation, which is the second layer, right? But there's also a first layer. We might call this the primary layer of our vocation. And this is, we all share this together. Our first, the first layer of our vocation is simply to grow in holiness, is to grow in our relationship with Christ, to become more like God. This first layer of our vocation is also where we discover what it is that God is calling us to do in life. You see, God's plan for us naturally flows out of our relationship with him. That's the only place we can find it. It's not just going to drop from the sky. <laughs> It'll only emerge in our lives as we, we deepen in relationship with our God. Remember Jesus, he gives us that key image of the spiritual life. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Unless I abide in you and you abide in me, you can do nothing worthwhile. You see, our vocation, what God calls us to in life, and the motivation to actually live it out for the right reasons, it all flows out of the vine. It all flows out of our relationship with God. Only God can tell you what you're here for. And only God ultimately can help you to live that purpose out. About six years after I first had those thoughts about the priesthood, I started to actually get involved in my church community. This is when I was in Sydney. Until then, I was a bit of a solo Christian. I just went to whatever mass fit with my schedule and uh, I wasn't committing myself to anyone or to anything. I, I wasn't really making an effort to learn, to grow in my faith. I'd read a few books, but that was about it. 
But then everything started to change. I, I got involved in a small group, and in that group we would regularly meet and we'd share life together, we'd, we'd pray together, we'd reflect on God's word together, and it was through that group that my relationship with God went to a whole different place. It was in that group that I learned what it actually meant to grow in holiness, what it meant to follow Jesus. And it was also in that context where God's plan for my life suddenly became so clear. It was so clear I couldn't run from it any longer. <laughs> I had to face it. I had to, I had to acknowledge it. See, one thing I know for sure is that there are certain environments that help us to discover and live out God's will more than others. My great desire is that here at St. Benedict's, we will create these environments for people of all ages. This is the purpose of our small groups. We want to create small environments that are built on friendship, and environments that help us to deepen in our relationship with Jesus and help us to identify what God's calling us to and actually live it out. Next Sunday, we're going to have our first training session for people who, who might want to lead those groups. But into next year, we're going to be launching them. And I want to encourage you to, to, to seriously consider being part of a group, at least trying it. Seeing what God can do in your life and through your life as you journey more closely with each other. I want to sum up this whole theme of personal vocation with the words of Jesus. He says, my sheep know my voice. I know them and they follow me. You see, the, the invitation from Jesus is always to follow him wherever he leads us. And it's the sheep that are in the flock that hear the voice of the shepherd, not the ones that sort of go off here and there. It's the ones that are together with the shepherd. They're the ones that hear the voice. So when we gather together as fellow sheep, as we share our lives together, as we listen to the voice of the shepherd together, we learn to follow the voice. We learn to follow the shepherd in a way that we can't on our own. And we can't by just coming to Mass once a week. We can only live out our best lives when we do it together. So, so who are your fellow sheep? Who, who are you? Who's in your flock? Who are you journeying with at the moment? Who are you praying with and reflecting and sharing your life with? What is the environment that is helping you to live out your vocation and ultimately to become more fully loved? You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.